one and a two and a... Chip Gibson, uh, your radio's favorite tree hugger, and we're here bringing it to you live. Wow, what a beautiful weekend of weather! I mean, you can't ask for anything better. I was looking through the uh, the pages here, and my goodness, everybody's talking about catching fish, having a great time out in the weather. Boy, it was really nice. A little chilly this morning here in the ATL. Got off to start about 48. But uh, as soon as that sun come up, man, it warmed up real nice. And we had a great day here. Looking forward to doing some fishing this weekend with a buddy of mine uh, from work. We're going to hit one of the Sweetwater Ponds here locally. But uh, we'll talk about that in a bit. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, let me int- introduce... My co-host, the man with the golden voice, Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo. Which one is it? Here we go. Yeah, baby. <laughs> that's, 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 that's what I was looking for tonight. That's, that's definitely the mood. That's definitely you tonight? That is the mood, man. That was. Uh, I've got my culottes on, my little uh, elf shoes with the curly toes. I'm all set to go. <laughs> How's Big that for a mental pants. picture? <laughs> oh my gosh. How are Real you? Doing all right, man. Living uh living it up in sunny Florida. Beautiful weather today, aside from a little bit of a breeze, but uh tomorrow the wind's supposed to calm down a little bit. Tides might actually be halfway decent. And uh the wife has said, you know, it'd be nice if just you and I could go out in the kayaks for a little while. You can fish if you want. I just want to be out there. What? So after after I got done with G I don't know, I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. Aight. 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 Nice. Yeah, so we'll try and make that happen tomorrow. Very cool, man. That'll be good. Very good. Um, so uh, what else has been going on? Did you get out last weekend? What was the – we had some bad weather No, last I did not. Um, we were going to get out last weekend, but uh, with, the, with the combination of the wind and the fact that we had one of those – uh, basically flat morning, all morning tides, you know, where the water comes up three-quarters of an inch and then drops three-quarters of an inch and then starts that long, slow rise, that mid-moon tide down here you get in Tampa Bay. Right. Um, past experience has told me that the places that we had the opportunity and the time to fish, uh, nothing was going to be going on during that during that time, and we didn't uh, – we didn't feel like doing an eco tour, so we we made some other arrangements and did some other stuff instead. Cool. Yep. Well, 
It'll be this. It'll be the the day tomorrow. I'm sure. It's, it's, I gotta uh, work. It will be. Yeah. So well, that'll be great, man. I know Mrs. Treehugger. She loves being out there and then her new Slayer Propel. So we'll have to work on that, man. Definitely. Yeah. So. Uh, but my eyes are itchy. It hasn't rained in a few days. Actually, it's oh, been about a week. So we got lots of pollen floating around in the air. Um, but we're gonna try. I'm gonna try to get out on the water this weekend. So I think it's gonna be it's gonna be the time. But uh, what have we got going on? Okay, so just before the show, I was I always cruise through the Facebook, you know, through the the pages of the different kayak groups and kind of buzz a couple of forums, see what's going on, right? And I see, uh, for those of you who aren't, aren't familiar, uh, Panama City, Florida, Sunjammers Water Sports has been there for quite some time. Brad Stevens, owner-operator there, uh, carry all the prime boats and stuff, but pretty much he's, he's a Hobie guy and uh, turns a lot of Hobie boats up there. And, uh, but, uh, I saw that, uh, and they, they're opening a new store, uh, on the other side of, uh, of town, uh, in St. Andrews. And it, it's, it's really kind of nice. It's right out by the pier and stuff and right out the back door. Uh, he's got a boat ramp there and stuff now. So perf on the water access from the shop and he's going to be selling boats out of both stores and everything. But, uh, he just got back from uh, a program that he was learning about, and he's going to be the second shop with Hobie to get supported on this. But uh, it's kind of a Hobie fishing experience, a Hobie class uh, designed for folks who are thinking about taking a plunge and purchasing a boat. But uh, so he hasn't got everything completely set yet. It's they haven't got a start date on it. But I talked to him on the phone, got a few bullets. Basically, um, it's a it's about a four hour trip. You got uh, a fully rigged, loaded kayak, you know, Hobie Pro Angler, with uh, fishing rods, everything. You just basically can fly in, drive up, and walk out, get in the boat. Guide will take you out four hours, learn how to use the boat, learn how to fish out of the boat. And then come back and have lunch. Uh, he said somewhere between 150, 175 bucks for the event. And if you purchase a boat from him, the price will go towards purchase of the boat. And he's also looking for cool ideas for a name because the other shop that's doing it is out on Mission Bay in California, and they're called Fish and Mission, right? So he's looking for something cool. So they're Sunjammer, St. Andrews. Hobie experience, Hobie class, whatever. But uh, that's a scoop. I think it's a great idea. I think it's an outstanding idea to get folks on the water, get them in a kayak, and and get them learn how to fish. Absolutely, and especially so, when you know we tell so many people not to not to go out and just buy a kayak off the rack. You absolutely. have to paddle the boats. And if you've really decided that you want to spend that money and get into one of the higher end boats, it is worth your time to spend that little bit extra and get out and really make sure it's for you. Um, plus the fact that that is, you know, not for nothing, that's cheap for any four-hour guided fishing trip with gear included. 
Yeah. Just right off the bat. I mean, yeah, it is. I mean, a guided trip plus all the boat, all your gear, and lunch. Uh, lunch? Yeah. Feed yeah, them lunch. and they will come. That's right. I mean, it's a southern thing. As long as there's food, folks will come in. But, yeah, I just thought, what a great idea and gets people on a boat. And that is so true, man. You have to get in a boat. You have to fish the boat. You know, I tell folks, if you're you're thinking about a boat, you need to go rent it for the day, get your fishing gear, and figure out how you're going to fish out of it. Because buying a boat and then deciding, oh, it, it paddles nice and everything, but then you got to put your, your gear in it and rig it all up and everything. It's a, it's a different game. So let me uh, see who we got on the back line here. Yeah, but like I said, in terms of uh, even in terms of cost, you know, it's a great spot to fish to start with. Uh, you know, if you and, and to have somebody who's experienced in the boat go out, show you the ropes of the boat, uh, let you play with whatever you want to do. It is it is certainly a worthwhile investment before you you make the final plunge. You wouldn't go out and buy a car. Most people wouldn't go out and buy a car off a showroom floor. So uh, yeah. without uh, without taking it for a test drive. So. Uh, you know, there's there's no reason not to not to make that kind of investment and re- really spend that smart money buying yep. a kayak. So it's a great idea, and I think I think it'll catch on, and I think you'll see a lot more manufacturers doing something very similar and supporting that type of program. Absolutely, absolutely. And if you're listening to the podcast, if you're listening here live tonight, uh, you go by Sun Jammers there, Panama City, Florida. Sun Jammers, Brad Stevens, tell them Kayak Fishing Radio sent you. And uh, let them know that you're listening and uh, that you think it's a great idea. So, hey, uh, here's our uh, other partner in crime, partner in kayak fishing, uh, our, our our main driver of uh, Tech Talk there, Sean Wagoner. Hey, Sean, how are you tonight? Evening, everyone. <laughs> Look, you even got a – got a, everyone wow. likes it. Wow. Yeah. The kids are happy. The kids are happy, man. <laughs> How are you tonight, sir? Uh, doing good, doing good. Just got back from picking my nephews to uh, dinner for their birthday. Got them uh, some new fishing poles and gear, so they're all excited. I saw that. Yeah, I actually saw, saw, your saw that all tricked out, man. That's, uh, I wish, I, can you be my uncle? <laughs> hey, you know what? It really wasn't bad. You know, you, you go to the store and you look at, like, like they have these pre-made tackle boxes, and they want like 25 bucks for them, and I'm like, so much of the stuff, and they're just not going to use. And so I went around, and I, I got some, you know, um, just different stuff, and, and put it all together. And I think I ended up spending like twenty three, twenty four bucks a piece, and little, you know, put it all together in some Plano boxes, and and it's stuff you fish with. It's stuff you yeah. fish with, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, like I said, I thought it was a jig heads, and so and that was a great little boutique idea, man. Put some ribbon on it there, make it flashy, dude. Great marketing, man. Awesome. So, the, the other reason uh, we got Sean on here tonight, we'll get to tech talk here in a bit. But Sean, first time uh, paddlers event, DOA paddlers event. How did it go, man? Give us the rundown. How did you have a good time? Uh, absolutely had a good time. We, you know, was looking at the weather coming into it. it we knew it was going to be windy. You know, forecast was 
you know, in some areas, 15, 20 knots. So everybody's looking, you know, that whole intercoastal waterway area. It's like, all right, we're going to be on the east side and trying to find a lee somewhere, and we're going to fish. And um, teamed up with uh, Gene and Tony and another buddy of mine, Rudy, and we all went a little further north uh, up to the Fort Pierce area. And thankfully the wind was only about 10 knots, wasn't bad, got out early. And uh, just great event, great event. And uh, for our folks who are just listening, uh, listening to the podcast, not familiar with it, DOA, that's the uh, the, the uh, lure maker, uh, Captain Mark Nichols, and uh, it's an event that they've had for quite some time now. I got to fish it a couple of years ago. It's really tough to get in, and you kind of got in by the, the, the hair on your chinny-chin-chin, didn't you? <laughs> it was thinner than that, yeah. So it's... Um obviously gain in popularity the um, uh, tournament this year when they open it up for registration they only allow the first hundred kayaker you know anglers in um, and then they they cap it um, apparently they sold out the tournament in five days this year it was 12 days last year um, so I think I called on like the seventh day and I talked to Chris there at DOA and he said, no, we're, we're full. We've already got a waiting list going. Um, you know, we can put your name in, but, you know, I'll be honest, we, you know, we, we typically never get cancellations. Uh, I said, you know what, just get my name on the list. You know, where am I at? And, and he said, well, you're going to be number four. Um, you know, he's like, there's a chance, but, you know, I, I can't, I don't want to set the expectation that you're going to get in and disappoint you later, but. Uh, and he called me like a week before the event and said, "It's your lucky day. You're uh, you're in." So we had a we had a good time. Um, I I like it. I like the format. You know, it's uh, obviously it's a you know a CPR type event. Uh, but, you know, DOA being the the lure manufacturer, you know, you got to use their stuff. So part of your entry fee, you get a tackle box, and it's just you know full of you know full of stuff. Uh, you know, there's cows, there's jig heads, airheads. You know, a lot of, you know, the big stuff that uh, the DOA makes. Um, everybody gets the same tackle box, and that's all you can use. Um, target, you know, target species were snook redfish and trout. So it was, uh, you know, tough with the weather, but uh, we had a good time. Got and a, a decent-sized snook. Yeah, I was going to say, you got a nice snook, and but anything else? Um, well, the group we were putting it together with was kind of funny because Gene got on a whole bunch of trout. Uh, Rudy, who was fishing with us, got into a, a nice redfish. So it's like we each got one of the three. It's like, well, that's a slam between us, but it doesn't work that way. <laughs> and uh, who who won? Do you know who won the tournament? Or Yeah, I've actually uh, um, I, I got the list here. So... Uh, a gentleman by the name of John Lee uh, from Sarasota was first place. Uh, Blake uh, Belch from St. Augustine came in second. Rodney Nelson from Tampa was third. Uh, and then they had two youth categories. They had a, a 12 to 17 and under 12. Uh, the 12 to 17 was uh, a young man by the name of Dan Shepard out of uh, Wellington here, pretty much my backyard. And then um, under 12 was Dakota Ryder, uh, Port St. Lucie. Uh, Ocean Kayak was, you know, one of the one of the sponsors there. Ocean Kayak Old Town, and they had brought in a bunch of kayaks. So uh, everybody got uh, a pick of a kayak, and then they had another one that they raffled off. So I think there's like five or six 
kayaks yeah. that were given away at the tournament. It was it was really funny, and I don't know if Gene told you, but the the year I fished it, so I I did the same. I hung out with Gene and Tony, and uh, so afterwards we're all standing around, we're we're having an adult beverage, just joking around, and they're calling off, you know, the winners and everything, and uh, they're they're talking about, you know, got this, got this, you know, and then at the end they they call a number and it was my raffle ticket and I go yeah okay what I win and they're like a boat and I'm like no way <laughs> so yeah I, I won a boat I won a boat my tournament so that was it that's why I haven't nice. fished it again but um, kind of nice trout but it was uh it it was kind of windy the day we did it too so um, but it is a great tournament it, it's a great format uh, the the entry fee. Is well worth the tackle box of lures that you oh, get. Oh, absolutely. Go away. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you get the tackle box, you get a event T-shirt, and all the raffle stuff they were giving away. I mean, a lot of, you know, manufacturer sent in stuff. I mean, they were giving out, you know, angle coolers and paddles and, you know, stakeout poles. I mean, there's just a ton of stuff that was raffled off. Yeah, it's a good time. Everybody left with something. Right. No, it's, it's very cool. Well, cool, man. You know, we'll have to... Uh, We'll have to to coordinate, man. See if we can all get into it one time and take the kids with us. And you know, Robert and Brad and Tara there, get them all, get them into it. You know, get them fishing it. Brad hasn't fished that tournament yet. I went down by myself to fish it, but uh, it was a great time. And it's a good area too. Uh, I bet did the winner? Did he have a hundred inches of fish? Um, no, it was a little small this year. Like I said, it was a little tough with the conditions. But I mean. The winner was probably they didn't have the size, but I remember talking with them at the, uh, you know, talking to people there at the event. I think it was probably closer to eighty, eighty-five. Yeah, no, it's you, there's some big fish to be had there. I mean, even the little pier right at the cabins there, that holds some big old snook off the end of that pier. So um, they don't eat anything; they just sit there and watch you. But um, it's a great place to fish. Big trout, big snook, real nice. I didn't see redfish though while I was there, so. But uh, well, very uh, cool. The, the area further up we were at, uh, uh, you know, I can't uh, unfortunately reveal the exact location. I was blindfolded right. by Gene and Tony and taken out there before <laughs> day, daylight, so. Um, it was definitely a definitely a great area. We saw, uh, you know, a tremendous amount of fish, but just you know trying to throw, throw something, in, and I think the the most active fish. You know, by far was was the puffer fish, and (laughs) it's one thing when you're you know nipping at your lures, but when you're throwing the best thing you've got in the in the tackle box that day for what's what the fish are hitting, and the puffers are just biting the tails off. It's like, man, I'm running out of these things fast, and I've only got three. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the puffer fish will get it, and you know right away when it's the puffer fish. Those little moon shaped bites right out of your lure. Yeah. Immediately take off the tail. So. Well, when we were when we were up at Cars Park, that uh, you know that trout colored airhead that um, <laughs> you were throwing, and you showed me how you modified it. They gave us one of those, and I I set it up the exact same way, and I was throwing it, you know, bringing it back, and brought it back without a tail, and it's a little half, you know, little curved bite through it. And I'm like, oh, there's <laughs> the tail. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're frustrating, but. They're out there. They're they were they were doing it there at the uh, cars and eating them up, man. Oh, especially a chartreuse tail. Those little rascals. They just love those things. 
Um, but uh, cool, well, man. Glad you, you know, got to do it. Yeah, for anybody who hasn't done it, um, you know, Mark, Chris, and the gang there at DOA just does a fantastic job putting that tournament together and, you know, a lot of great uh, prizes between the kayaks, the raffles, and, and everything else. Just, uh, you know, look for it next spring. They do it once a year and sign up early. Yeah, you gotta you got to look for it and to be in April there, and you just got to start. You go to the to the DOA website, and you just got to keep looking for it as soon as they announce it because – uh, if it took only five, six days this time next year, it'll only be a couple of days because it's just it's just really popular. And it's a lot of fun to fish, and like you said, they only you know a hundred, hundred and ten. They've kind of stretched it a little bit, but uh, hundreds about the about what they can do out of there. So very cool. And and they're not bad lures to fish with. I love. I mean, uh, that's pretty much. I, I've kind of. This year, my tackle box is full of uh, DOA stuff. I, you know, just forcing myself to work them and give them a try, and and uh, they haven't done too bad. I mean, Jean loves them. She's got her special color there. I think it's 449 or something like that. But she's a fishing machine too. So, yes, she is. <laughs> and Tony, uh, Tony was there. He wasn't actually in the tournament, but he was out there fishing with us, which was which was great because he's, you know. Standing up there on his hobby, looking around over the flats, and, and yeah. like just kind of pointing. It's like you want to yeah. fish there. It's like, yeah. Paddle over, start throwing. So, yeah. Back to uh, you know, back to the conversation you guys were having when uh, I first dialed in there about uh, demoing. Uh, you know, likewise. Uh, you know, when I jumped into this, whatever a year or so ago, I you know I bought the bought the kayak based on some online research, and I I really wish I'd had a chance to. You know, get in it and you know paddle it, fish in it. Um, you know, it's like when we were at Cars Park, getting in your you know Slayer Propeller, getting a chance to go out and actually try it. You know, go out there and cast in it, and see how it does. Not just you know paddle it for a couple of minutes, but you know, can I stand in it? How good? You know, how comfortable am I fishing? And what a what a difference! It was great. And I think. Uh it's going to catch on because I mean you know you got Native and Native has a really great network of sponsored guides and promotional staff and so I mean with Native if you find one of those guys you can go out with them and they provide the boats I mean you, you know uh, Hobie there's some guys that are doing Hobies but they don't have that kind of network but yet this new concept that they're doing. Uh, like I said, it's out in Mission Bay, California, soon to be in Panama City. Um, it's just it's just a good idea. I mean, and it gets people out, gets them in a boat, and gives them the opportunity to learn, you know, how the boat's going to handle, what what the things are, how to what what kind of gear you need to fish it. So, it's uh, I think it's it's going to just take off, and 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 again, it's. At 150 to 175, even at 200 bucks for a complete, you know, four-hour trip. I mean, I know I've spent more than that on, you know, on a full day. I've spent easily, you know, three, four times that amount. And for a half-day trip, get you in there. And then if you decide to buy the boat, the purchase price goes towards, you know, it goes towards the purchase price of the boat. So good on him, Brad Stevens up there in Panama City, making things happen. He's uh, he's two shops now so and that's a great place to fish too i mean fishing uh 
in Panama City, it's it's one of the great opportunities to get offshore in a kayak and really be able to catch some fish. I mean, other than unless you're just able to go to Hawaii, but I mean, Panama City is one of the prime spots for kayak fishing offshore. You got bottom fish. I know plenty of people up there that have caught sailfish, uh, tuna. Just you can. It's it's a great haul up there. So. Let me uh, see who's on the back line here. All right. So, and for our report from the Great White North, and I think they even had snow flurries like a couple of days ago, man. Matt, how are you, bud? Hey, good evening, Chip. So is it, uh, report from the great white north. It's not white <laughs> anymore. <laughs> no? You've had ice out? Oh, yeah. Uh, striped bass fishing is on fire. <laughs> it doesn't get any better than uh, the bass fishing right now. just wish the wind would calm down a little bit. That's about it. Uh, it's windy everywhere, man. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about... Uh, 35-mile-an-hour gusts all weekend, 20 miles sustained. Um, we'll see. <laughs> it's not good for us kayakers. You need, like, a 100-foot boat to go out in that. And I, I saw your throwback Thursday uh, there with a couple of nice bass. Oh, uh, yeah. It's uh, not too long ago, but long enough ago. <laughs> yeah. I, I used to have hair down on my butt. so That, that was early on with the uh, hair growth. Man. Uh, yeah, that's that's when I owned a, a motorboat, and um, I couldn't afford to get my hair cut. Because <laughs> you're putting gas <laughs> in the boat, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, that that was my boat, the I'm Gone. I, I missed that boat big time. I sold it in 2008, and uh, that was the uh, fruits of the labor that one day right there. Two nice bass. Both were over 34 inches. See the the difference in cost between what those two bass cost you for a day out in that motorboat versus a day in your kayak with two bass like that. That's a difference. Oh, <laughs> There's no comparison. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, when you're in your kayak, you can jet. You know, you can ski behind the bass without having to have somebody in another boat pull you. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you get the sleigh ride effect. Exactly right. I saw a couple of pictures, a couple of nice pictures uh, from Tommy Head Jigs a couple of days ago. He was uh, catching some big old stripers on the river here. Yeah, I saw that. He had a couple of nice, uh, I, I believe he posted up in the in the uh, 20 pound range. 15, 20 pounds? I was looking that's, to see there. Uh, some nice fish there. Yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't see where he posted the thing, but. Yeah, he's got a new jig that he's working on. It looks like a some kind of a plastic with a skirt around the head of it. And real nice picture of a bass with him. So very cool. But, so you, it's ice out up there, and you're you're starting to fish. The bass are on fire. Yeah, actually, uh, last weekend I was down in Maryland fishing on the. Uh, where the Susquehanna River Delta dumps into the uh, Chesapeake Bay. Um, weather was great, but the fishing wasn't that, all that, that awesome. So. But, uh, Isn't that always that was my first way? time out. <laughs> yeah, I had to get the rust off anyway. 
the right. first time out. Took the big rig out. I'm not used to that boat yet. That thing is a dock, man. <laughs> yeah. You, you could you could stand on that thing all day. You can dance on it if you want to. It's you walk really around amazing. the gunnels and. Pretty much. <laughs> nice. Nice, and you got it rigged up pretty cool there. You got your Lowrance out in the middle of it and stuff. So, yeah, I got the uh, torpedo on the back of it. <laughs> ah, so you're not having to paddle that barge? No, although I did paddle it about three miles just to see how it would feel. Right. And believe it or not, that boat actually is not a bad paddle. It's just really? it's, a, it's a reach. But if you're a big guy, it's fine. Yeah. You need a longer paddle. Two two fifty minimum, I'd say. Yeah, there's a so great paddle. Com- you know, right up in your neighborhood there, Foxworks Paddles. That's that's. In fact, I'm I'm, I'm ordering another one from them here uh, for for the wife. But uh, yeah, with the with the new Slayers, the wide boats. I mean, you get thirty three, thirty four inches wide, and you need a two sixty, and. You know, you, you got to have a little bit wider blade because of the way the angle that the the paddle comes in. So, but uh, yeah, but yeah, Foxworks paddles—they're right up there in New Jersey somewhere. But, I haven't heard of them. Huh. I'll have uh, to check them out. Yeah, you go onto the website, you immediately see they got uh, one of the pictures uh, they've got in. It flips through. It's uh, got the same kind of tie-dye paddle that I got. So. Ah, cool. Them, oh, that's where you got the tie-dye paddle from. Yeah, nice. if you send them a yard of uh, your favorite material too, they'll they'll make whatever uh, whatever color you want. So we're looking for some kind of pink camouflage and match the uh, the Gator Bait Slayer that the wife has, and get her a paddle made to match. So that's cool. What are they kind of like fiberglass the uh, color in, or do they paint it that way? Yeah, they they put it into a mold and fiberglass the cloth right into the battle blade. Ah, that's cool. So you can actually yeah. get like an American flag fiberglass into your paddle. Yeah, yeah, you can sure do that. And and they'll do whatever you know. They have a they have the standard uh, size paddle, then they have a slim grip. So I'm going to order her a slim grip. And it's only you know I mean from a, the the blade that I have is actually what they call their solo canoe paddle. So but uh, it, it was only I think it was 135 bucks for the thing, and it's it's a spruce shaft which i liked because down here in, in in the south you lay a black paddle on the deck and then you go to reach and pick it up later it's going to be really hot so the light colored paddle the light color uh shaft is is really cool but of course now with the pedals i don't need it that bad i just stick it in the back <laughs> so you need a paddle holder for the side just to stick it in for the whole area yeah yeah just show it off you know it's cool <laughs> So yeah, pretty paddles cool. are cool. What'd you say? I said pretty paddles are cool. Yeah, yeah, man, you gotta have something. Pretty paddle. Aesthetically appealing. Aesthetically appealing. And uh, Mr. Becker and I, we I, I spent a week down in Florida. Went over and spent a couple of days with Sean and his family at Tars, and then we went across to Tampa and spent. Spent some days over there with Mr. Becker chasing some fish around. And, man, did we chase some fish. Holy cow. Oh, my God. <laughs> what were you fishing for? Well, well 
<laughs> Which day? Whatever, whatever would bite. Uh, okay. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Greg. Tell them about our experience now, at the power well, plant. Well, uh, I had I had seen uh, a couple of cobia caught off of the uh, the Big Bend power station down here um, in Tampa Bay in Apollo Beach. A couple of good sized cobia, and the guy was saying there were a few out there. So we decided one day to go out on the flats outside the uh, outside the discharge, well outside the zone, but um, and see if we could see uh, any cobia. And uh, we launched off of Apollo Beach uh, Nature Preserves, a little beach there after a after a short cart trip. Um, and, and typically that that area is known for not being very active. I mean, if you want to catch black tips or you know or uh, you know other sharks out there that's generally what's around there but um because of the water flow and the temperature and everything else there's really usually not a lot of other stuff out there aside from manatees and, and sharks um i think the total count we saw that day uh, we had not been out on the water five minutes when i had uh, a 50 plus pound cobia swim under my boat uh, literally right under the bow of my kayak, wouldn't look at anything I threw at him. And between that and the time we finally gave up, I think the final count was 22 fish that we saw and, and threw at. Uh, and they just wow. did not want to eat. We saw them following rays. We saw solos. We saw pears. We saw a pot of four following a couple of manatees. Uh, we saw them shallow. We saw them deep. We saw them doing everything but eat. Uh, yeah. And it, uh, and and to go out, I, I really did not expect. I thought if we saw and casted to four or five fish that day, you know, I, I that's my first time really targeting. <laughs> it's funny when I say it that way, targeting cobia uh, so out there. So I really didn't know what to expect. I thought if we saw four or five fish that we cast to, I kind of thought that would be a good day because there are not a lot of them around. Uh, I did not expect 22. Um so uh, that's a good sign for more cobia in that area. I take it, though. It really is, and the thing is, we didn't see them. You know, there's there's structure out there. Uh, there's um, you know um, p- pilings for for signs uh, all over out there, and only one of them did we see around the structure. All the rest of them were free swimming. Uh, like I said, solos, pairs, or or oddly enough, paired up. Uh, in groups on the manatees, which kind of surprised me to see that many together on a manatee. But um, yeah, they were there. So that, la- that last pod that I saw that we chased down the beach there following that manatee, there were five fish in a group. And the only one, that was the only time that I got one to actually look at a bait. And I mean, it was right, literally... Right, one turn on you there, yep. Yeah, I had that little white jig on there. It was a pompano jig. That was the only thing I had in the box. And through it and he kind of the little one turned and the little one was easily a 40 pound fish and it was like the other one's like nah disregard you know <laughs> he just yeah. didn't even that was it just a little head turn and then they just kept following that that and the water was clear it was easy to see there were five big fish following the manatee holy cow there was a lot wow. of fish so, so at, at that point the wind kind of picked up Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, um, up here in Jersey, last year there was a couple of cobia caught off the surf in more southern Jersey, and that that's rare. Um, they just caught it on clam on fish surf fishing, some bait. Wow. And, uh, 
Yeah, so obviously it's a good sign for the for the Cobia coming back um, and coming in shore more than they typically do. No, I you know I, it obviously has a lot to do with the discharge and the warmer water. Uh, I'm not sure if they're still out there or not. I am sorely tempted to go go look tomorrow, uh, even though I I slammed the tip of my tarpon rod in uh, in the car door. Um, Ooh. Before that, during that trip, and I don't have it back yet. That's the the heavier rod, but I'll I'll take one of them on an eight on an eight to twenty. Uh, I've got yeah. reverse, and that's a game changer. So I'll just uh, <laughs> you know I'll, I will uh, I will I will do whatever it takes to get out there. I think I would uh, I would melt down uh, <laughs> I would melt a uh, uh, you know Wright McGill uh, three thousand size reel into a little heap of slag by the time we were done. But I think it would uh, the fish would be in the boat. Yeah, I think that's referred you, to as a can-do attitude. Yes, you definitely want to make sure you subdue one of those rascals before you kick it up in the boat with you. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> but, um, cool. So, did you guys catch anything else? Did you go fishing today or tomorrow or yesterday? I mean. Oh, this was actually uh, over the chip two weekends ago. Two weeks ago. Uh, yeah. Two weeks ago. Yeah. So the wind had picked up by then, uh, kind of a, an, an onshore wind. So we decided to. Uh, move into the back country uh, out by uh, behind the power plant there because there's a couple of big flats on the side of a channel that goes into the back side of Apollo Beach. And I've always looked at it from either the nature preserve or from the big, long concrete pier walkway that's at the Manatee Viewing Center they have at the power plant and said, you know, it looks fishy. It looks like there should be stuff out there. There's grass and everything else. I'd like to take a look. So we were there. We decided to take a paddle back in there. Uh, saw a few redfish. Um, I think Chip caught uh, a snook whip uh, back in there. Um, And uh, I was, you know, looking around trying to see what was was happening, and I saw this dinner plate-sized stingray kind of (laughs) swimming a little bit funny, come over and and kind of settle to the bottom next to me. And I noticed that he had about a quarter-sized red spot uh, on his back. I said, that's really strange. I've never seen that before. And I, I turned the boat, I was actually paddling the boat, and turned the boat to go over towards him to take a closer look. And out of nowhere, these three decent-sized black-tipped sharks come zooming in on this, this stingray and just start taking chunks out of them. Uh, I guess it was damaged, uh, huh? Yeah, I think so. I think so. You know, <laughs> that, that was the little, the little sticker that said, you know, uh, clearance last day on sale or something like that, and they, <laughs> they wanted to get him before he went bad. So I had um, Chip's paddle pole, which has a uh, a pointed fiberglass end, and I saw those sharks going after that and said, listen, I'm not catching redfish. I'm not catching anything else. I'm going to catch me a shark. So I, I, I took a couple quick paddles, and I grabbed the paddle pole, and I harpooned what was left of this stingray, which was basically <laughs> everything. Everything from the back of the gills back was gone what, with two huge, you know, tooth marks out of the back. But the whole front, you know, a good part of the wings were still there. So uh, I pulled it up on the end of that. I got on the radio, called everybody over and said, hey, shark party at my place. Uh, but unfortunately, by the time, um, you know, and, and while it was bleeding in the water, the sh- I had seven or eight sharks circling around. But by the time we could get everybody hooked up, things cut up and everything else, uh, they had all uh, gone their separate ways back out into the deeper water. So next time, I think what I'm going to do is uh, is figure out a way to get back in there and 
with a chum slick or, or some blood or something like that because there was not a lot of blood from that stingray. And those sharks came from a long way, like, like they were magnetized. Uh, and, and I really yeah, don't mind being, being pulled around by, by a shark like that. I, I think that would be, like I said, I got reverse. So that's, uh, that's in the game plan for, for later on. But I don't think there was a whole lot else caught that, uh, that day. No, no, it was just fun. We got back in the backcountry there, saw some big fish, and but it's uh, it was fun. I mean, it was a lot of fun, and uh, it it really we were looking at the stingray too, and we were kind of thinking, you know, we might try eating one of those things because the the chunks that were we were cutting off, they looked edible, totally edible, and. And you guys got an infestation of those things down there. <laughs> we definitely got an infestation. There was a helicopter out there spraying today, so hopefully that'll, that'll take care of some of the problem. But uh, my God, you would not believe the number of stingrays that were out there on the flats that day on those the sandy part of the flats outside the uh, both outside and inside. There were hundreds. Everything from you know the little saucer-sized one to we saw a few that were the size of a, a Volkswagen hood with tails as big around as my forearm. And uh, wow. those are the ones that you say, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about staying in the boat. <laughs> yeah. Not, not yeah. You don't want to get stabbed by one of those. <laughs> uh, no. Those are crocodile killers. Crocodile hunter killers. Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. It was a good time. And uh, yeah, we had a good time that week. The whole week was fun. Spent a couple of days, like I said, with Sean and his family. A lot of fun there. Uh, got into some trout. Got one little redfish, and then went over and spent the week there with the rest of the week with uh, Mr. Becker. And man, it was a great time. I was actually tired. I, I needed to take a couple of days off when I got back because it was it was just. I mean, we paddled hard every day. So now we're. Um, yeah, we went a good ways. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, just I just. I turned on that tracker on my GPS there. We were back there in the backcountry one day, and by the time we had paddled back, I mean that was that was three miles, and we had done a round trip. So, I mean that was a six six mile plus day that we were paddling around there. So, it's it's definitely doable. Paddles and pedals. No doubt. So, and uh, you know I don't I don't really have a tech talk prepared for tonight, so I think we've had a good time just reminiscing, and we got the scoop on the DOA paddlers event. We we got some insight into a new concept coming to the Panhandle. We got our Great White North report. I think we've we've kind of done a good job tonight on Kayak Fishing Radio Thursday on Buzzard Drow. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, so there's probably one more. There's one more shout-out we should probably do. Um, even okay. though we, for, for various reasons, we did not get a chance to, to make it down there uh, to support uh, in person. We should probably point out that uh, the Kayaks for Coop uh, paddlefishing.com tournament that was uh, held that weekend, uh, it was two weekends ago, the, it was a fundraiser tournament on Florida's West Coast for a young gentleman in the Sarasota area, a two-year-old with, uh, with some pretty serious medical issues. Um, and they had an awesome turnout. From what I understand, the sponsor list was absolutely huge. Great response, both from sponsors and from the fishing community, the kayak fishing community itself. Um, they raised well over five grand that they handed to this, uh, this little boy's family. 
and I think that's a huge deal. So to the guys at paddlefishing.com, especially Bill Howard, um, Rick Llewellyn, who uh, owns paddlefishing.com, and all the other folks who either helped out, came out to fish, made donations, worked with sponsors, whatever was involved, uh, a big high five to every one of you. You did a great job, especially Bill with all the work he did with sponsors and everything else. I just think they, uh, they deserve that recognition and the props. So well done. Yes, well done. And it, I'll learn to set my alarm right and not have everybody have all their gear in my truck next time. So um, <laughs> That's all good. Yeah. So, but uh, All right, so around the table, Sean, you're first in line. Man, what do you got, and what's your game plan for the weekend? Yeah, this weekend I'm going to be up in uh, Stewart. We're actually going to take the RV and just kind of make a weekend of it. But um, uh, local uh, outfitter up there, South River Outfitters, um, Ed and, and his team, they're putting on a bit of a, a demo weekend and a two-day seminar they call Kayak Fishing with the Pros. So a lot of the local uh, pros, Gene and some folks from Wilderness Systems and, and Hobie and a couple of different uh, uh, groups are all going to be out there kind of you know, highlighting some of the new features and you know, talking uh, you know, kayak fishing pretty much all weekend. Very cool. I think Saturday night we're going to try to hit the uh, Loxahatchee River area and uh, do some fishing afterwards. All right. Sounds like a lot of fun. And it looks like you're going to have the weather for it, too. So, all right. Yeah, it should be a good weekend. All right, man. Best to you and yours, and have a good time doing it. Yeah, talk to everybody soon. Yeah. Hey, Matt, how about you, man? What's your game plan for the weekend? Uh, I'm trying to get out tomorrow night, uh, fish all night, fish all morning kind of deal before the wind's get back up there. It all depends on the forecast. We'll see. I'm going to go down there and uh, try to drop in around 6, 7 o'clock tomorrow night and go after the striped bass. So it's either tomorrow night, fish to Saturday morning till the wind kicks up, and then try it again on Sunday. And um, also I just found out the uh, the uh, AFWC, the the uh, kayak tournament you guys do down there. That's do right. regionals now. And uh, there's a regional tournament right here in new jersey and i'm i'm on the fence about joining it right now i'm really thinking the, about it the, the kayak fishing store Bay. there yeah uh it's that seems like a really cool tournament i really like the format uh i just don't like where they're holding it <laughs> it's very uh, challenging especially for a well, paddler that's they have like the, five uh, and a half knot tides on the moon and it's a new moon when the tides the uh tournament is being held so well, that's but, the uh, idea. It's supposed to be a chance. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's so a great event. It's May 31st. I have a week or two until I decide. Right. Well, um, if, you, if you get the opportunity, uh, take it. Uh, myself and Greg, we fished it uh, this last time. I mean, Brad and I fished it now. Clone and I fished it uh, both years, and our grandfather did, so we don't have to do the uh, the, the qualifiers. But... uh it's supposed to be a challenge, and I'll tell you that the, there were some folks who, who said, you know, hey, we want to do more fishing, whatever. But the idea is it's it's kind of the biathlon of fishing, man. I mean, yeah, it, it's in a, it's going to be in a challenging spot. You're going to paddle. Uh, it's probably the, the qualifiers from what uh, John and, and Woody were talking about is they're not going to be, I mean, uh, the first year, Brad and I, I think we paddled 18 miles for the day. Uh, this past year, um, 
I don't know. What, what did you say your mileage was, Greg? Um, well, considering we, we only did part of it, uh, I, I don't remember. It was it was somewhere in the 14 yeah. uh, area, but it was it was not all well spent. So yeah, but uh, but the I guess the the qualifiers are supposed to be about about eight to ten miles, and um, the idea and and this is how you got to look at it is you you're you're only going to be able to do you know a sustained about three knots paddling. And I mean, even in pedals, it, it's hard to sustain much more than that for a constant, you know, for three or four miles. So, it, so the idea is you get in the water, you get to the point, and you got to catch a fish. And once you catch a fish, don't sit around and try to catch more fish. Just call it that's your fish and move on to the next point. It, you know, it's just like biathlon. You gotta you gotta get to the next point, get the shooting done, and then get to the next point and get some more shooting done. And it's not right. a it's not a standard fishing tournament, man. It's get in and it's more of a race, yeah. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it it's, is a race. It, it's it's a race, and the you know the thing that killed me and Brad. I mean, we were we were leading it pretty pretty much the whole day. It was the last thirty minutes that we lost out, but I mean, we only made two points. Uh, Brad caught a, he caught a nice trout within five minutes of getting in the water. So we had the first checkpoint out of our way, and we moved to the next one. But then we sat for two and a half hours trying to catch another fish, you know, and between sharks and all the other stuff that was that was in our way, it, you know, two and a half hours. I mean, that's that's the paddle between two points, you know, so uh, and you, you just got to look at it that way. You just once you get your once you see the points on the map, you just got to figure you could do three knots between each point uh, and and that's your time. And you got to say, I can I got to be able to catch a fish. You're not catching a big fish, and they don't. the uh, The measuring boards are 30 inches long. Nobody's ever caught a fish bigger than 30 inches in the tournament. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, so that's that gives cool. you kind of an idea. So that's that's the game. That's really the game plan behind it. So, uh, if you for had for the regionals, like, also uh, from reading the rules for the regionals, it's only uh, you only have to fish two checkpoints yeah. out of five. Right. I don't think it's as demanding where you have to fish every checkpoint at the yeah. the actual tournament, correct? Yeah. It's three out of five for the main for the big tournament. So okay. Yeah. So the guys if you and, and actually this past tournament and I don't know, Greg, chime in, but I don't think there was any advantage to having pedals. I think we lost Greg. I don't know. But I sent them an email that, asking for uh, no, earlier. Really, I, I can't figure out this mute button thing again. Oh, okay. Uh, I think there, I think there would have been an advantage to having pedals um, if we had started on time. Because that first hour. Been, yep, because we wouldn't have been exactly right. That first hour sprint, if we had had the deeper water to get across um, across some of the shortcuts that wound up being grass ridden on the northern checkpoints, uh, yeah. you know, an hour later. Um, I think I, I think that would have that would have made a difference because you could have run through the shortcuts, and then as the water started to you know you, you lost that, you could have run really hard. And this was my team, my and John Lucy's game plan on on uh, Team DOA was to run up to those first points, catch a fish, and then run all the way down, get out into the deeper water, and use the pedal advantage and the outgoing tide to run down the channel to the second um, to the second checkpoints. 
I think if we had been able to do that game plan, I think pedals would have been an advantage. Given that it was what it was, uh, and with the water levels, and there was so much grass, and it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just low grass, it was loose grass, and it was, you know... Uh, yeah, it fell up your propeller kind of grass. Yeah, cable-sized wire grass that you had to, uh, you know, every every 75 yards, you had to back backpedal for a couple turns just to clear your prop. Yeah, even the Hobie, even the guys with Hobies were getting tangled up in yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, yep. So, but uh, that, that's, yeah, see, the, that's thing. the thing with us up here is um, we have deeper water, so we're not going to have a problem with grass or shallow areas. I actually, um, I did email the uh, the tournament uh, people who run it, and I, uh-huh. I asked them if it would be possible to level the playing field for us paddlers by giving us an hour head start because uh-huh. it's all deep water. You can pedal all day. I mean, they're going to blow by us, no problem. You but need we'll a long, skinny I, I boat. I response on that. That's the thing, yeah. You need a, a long, skinny boat, man. Is, uh, I know, so I was begging for Jackson to let, release that Kraken prototype to me for the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, because that's, yeah, that's, that's not happening. The, uh, actually, the, the, the team from Canada that was in the AFWC, uh, they were they were having a good time smoking along, but they were in a 16 foot canoe, so uh, they had a little more oh, water wow. line, and they were and they were in a tandem canoe, and they were they were smoking right along, man. And uh, the year before, uh, a couple of young guys were sponsored by Hook One, and they were in uh, uh, tarpon 160s, and those guys were fast, man. And the, it's your time between your checkpoints. The faster you can go between yeah. checkpoints, the more time you have to fish. All right, I'm still on the fence about it. We'll see. <laughs> it, it really I'm, I'm giving is. It, a week. it really is a different mindset, though. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm giving it one more week, and I'm making the decision. And I actually gonna, oh. am going to train for this, so I got to drop a couple pounds, get a little stamina. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you definitely want to train for it. <laughs> yeah, you definitely want to train for it, man. Yeah. So. All right, Mr. Becker, your weekend. Sure. Well, depending on what happens uh, happens tomorrow, I think the winds are supposed to pick up here quite a bit uh, as the system moves in on Sunday. So I think uh, if anything's going to happen, it'll probably be uh, be limited to Saturday. Um, oh well, I will tell you, I was down at uh, down off the the uh, nature preserve today, and saw a big school of jacks within easy casting distance of the. Uh, of the beach there. So I may, even if the wind picks up a little bit, I may go down and see if they're still around, just throw the biggest popper, biggest saltwater popper on the longest rod I can find and see if I can uh, reach them and burn up a reel or two, even if, uh, but the the plan is probably uh, tomorrow. And since the boats will be on the car anyway, try to get out Saturday morning with junior and get him out there. Very cool. And my game plan is to hit the, little freshwater pond just down south from the house here. Got a uh, marine buddy who's uh, never done any, done much kayak fishing. However, he is from down around your neck of the woods, Greg. He's uh, uh, from Naples. He'll be down that area okay. in a couple of weeks. So uh, he's uh, he's. I'm going to put him in a couple of different boats and let him try them out in the pond there and not have to worry about uh, it's a no-motor pond, so... He won't have to worry about getting run over and stuff while he's trying to learn how to how to do some kayak fishing. So, yeah, we'll, definitely. Uh, Look forward to having him down here. All right. So, hey, I hey, think do you want to uh, 
one more thing. Do you want to mention that uh, that other uh, fishing team that uh, that's uh, being developed that our our two young fellows are involved in, or do you want to wait till that develops a little further? Um. Yeah. Let's let's give let's wait till next. See what we know is uh, till it's confirmed. Very good. All right. So, so that's, a, that's a, a draw for next week. A draw for next week. There you go. And we'll be back with uh, Tech Talk next week. I'll remember to uh, come up with something. And if you got ideas for Tech Talk, we, uh, we went through electronics. So uh, we'll probably do something else like uh, rod holders or something like that, drilling holes in your boat. Matt's good at drilling holes in boats. I am. I drill big holes in boats. <laughs> nice. All right then. All right, folks, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you, Sean, Matt, Greg. It's always a pleasure, and it's what makes Buzzer Drow Buzzer Drow. So, you guys get out there, tight lines to you. Take a kid fishing, and we'll see you next week. Kayak fishing radio. Uh, we're a dot. Good night. <laughs>